All right, here we are, friends. I'm excited for this one. Hanging out with my brother, my buddy, my pal, Mr. Colin Irving, bass player extraordinary. He plays in uh, the band uh, The Brains. He plays with the Hypnophonics. He has uh, his own YouTube channel as well. And uh, yeah, we're going to hang out tonight. Can't wait. So uh, stick around and don't forget about the uh, Be a Producer program. The link uh, to the PayPal is uh, under this video. 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar or more. It's all good. And then you become a producer of uh, the next episode and that's a good way to support this channel and uh, speaking of supporting the channel don't forget to punch the shit out of that subscribe button for the youtube uh, thing and uh yeah man let's get it on here we go colin how you doing brother good man how are you i'm doing great last night you see the record behind me can you see what that is uh you got some maiden on the turntable there huh it was maiden monday yesterday <laughs> yeah man where are you right now i'm at home hold on sorry about that <laughs> i'm at home right now i'm right hanging on. in the uh i'm hanging in the uh the gear lockup during lockdown <laughs> <laughs> some people get a sofa during lockdown you know you get the garage <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on right on so i want to hop right into this because you my man are one of the best upright bass players i know <laughs> that's very generous thank you <laughs> well it's funny because i've noticed that trend on this show it wasn't done by purpose but a lot of my friends seem to be bass players like there's really yeah. like a lot of bass players have been on this show right and uh you know finally we get to sit down now when you started playing bass if not correct me if i'm wrong you were in winnipeg is that correct yeah that's right yeah what got you on to upright bass so um yeah, I was I was pretty into uh, electric bass and and uh, that was mostly due to Rancid, but then uh, you know because of my love for Rancid, I started buying those Give Them the Boot compilation CDs that Hellcat right, right. was putting out, and so I think I got my first one was Give Them the Boot two and two or three, I don't remember which one, and uh, it had like a Necromantic song and a Tiger Army song on it as well. And uh, as soon as I heard it, I was like, what is that sound? And then I think I went over to YouTube and I found, uh, I found some videos on there. And I was like, holy shit, that, that sound is the bass. It had that extra percussive, you know, clicking sound. And as, as soon as I saw that, I was like, fuck these electric toys. I'm putting them away. <laughs> I'm going to go get an upright bass. <laughs> it's so true what you say about the the clicky like the percussive aspect about it like i've seen uh, quite a few times and it really works well when it's even like rockabilly duos you know what i mean like and without drums because the the clicky becomes the <clears throat> percussion right for sure for sure yeah no it's def definitely something i enjoy with the uh, the upright i was jamming with frankie the other day and he was doing some of that kind of before band practice type thing where you kind of mess around i'm like it's really got that you know and uh, I, I see why in duos it works like i remember going to old orchard pub it was the the two dudes from uh, hellbound hepcats were playing there and they used to mostly play just as a duo back then but it really worked and you weren't missing the drums right right i i don't know i don't know if this is verifiable uh <laughs> i think i saw it in a documentary on an airplane once but uh apparently slapping the bass was uh a really necessary thing in like early 
uh, roots and rockabilly music and, and stuff like that, because uh, a lot of places wouldn't allow drums because they, they thought it was jungle music. And so to have some sort of, you know, percussive beat to the song, uh, you know, your choices were to slap the bass or to have like a, you know, a Johnny Cash kind of a thing where the singer's holding a guitar. He's not necessarily playing it, but he's going on the uh on the strings you know yeah wasn't there something bad about johnny cash he used to use like a card from a deck of cards on his guitar to really accentuate that that sound that uh, i have no idea but it sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) i like that because both our stories were not really confirming but they make sense i'm gonna roll yeah this is bro science bro history here (laughs) exactly where's where's young jamie pull that shit up (laughs) (laughs) that's right Oh shit, man! It's so true. But I mean, you know that there's the good side to fact checking everything, but there's a bad side to it too. I mean, you know, the truth gets in the way a lot of great stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it was my grandfather told me that when I was like a young teenager. Is like never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> I'm like, gotcha. All right, I'll make a career out of it. Thanks. <laughs> exactly. So you were pretty young when you started playing the the upright then. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was in. Um, let's see, where? How old was I? I think I was. Uh, I think I was either in my senior year of high school or my first year out. And then that's when I got into it. Yeah. And when did you start playing it? Like, uh, it wasn't your first instrument as you played in a band, from what I understand. No. Like you, you played electric bass in a band before an upright, right? What was your first yeah. experience like switching to an upright, but in a band context? Because that's a radical it, change, right? Yeah, it was gnarly because, you know, I had, I had become so comfortable on uh, electric bass, playing in punk bands and stuff. I, I was in a band that did uh, some touring across Canada. But then, it, like, the learning curve on it was... Uh, was pretty rough in the beginning honestly you know just being able to perform when you don't have frets all of a sudden you're like oh man like i gotta try and look cool but like (laughs) i really want to look at where my fingers are and try and figure out if i'm hitting this or not well that's that's when i I started i yeah and when i started i had like crappy gear so it's like i can't turn the bass up past two or it's gonna feed back and scream like a wailing banshee so it's just like oh i hope <laughs> i'm hitting my notes i can't really hear it <laughs> well that, that's it that's uh, you know two of the main things that are probably often cited as difficult with upright baits is uh, first of all the tuning because there's no frets right you know i mean, I mean no matter what you tune it at, i mean still your it's your finger position that's gonna dictate the tuning right yeah 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 for sure and then the other thing is feedback, like, you know, especially for louder bands that use upright, like that's always an issue. How did you overcome the feedback issues? A lot of trial and error, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I, I, basically, I basically threw everything at it that I could, you know, um, in, inside a bass, there's a, like, say this is the front of the bass with the bridge sticking out of it. And this is the back of the bass. Well, between those two, there's like a, a wooden dowel in there and it's called a sound post. And all bases have one of those in there and it's under the base foot of the bridge. But if you add another one on the, on the, like the, the G side of the bridge, um, you can sort of stifle the, the resonance of the body of the base a little bit. Right. right. And then I, I throw, I throw EQ at it. I have a compressor and a noise gate and I have, uh, you know, a phase, uh, a phase inverter switch 
on my mm. preamp. So I like basically every trick in the bag, I'm throwing it all at fucking anti-feedback. <laughs> did, did you stuff that at all? <laughs> like I've heard of that in the past, like even with uh, some Gretsch guitars, the big old ones are and stuff. Some people mm -hmm. used to stuff anything they could get into that. But, you know, I'd always kind of worried that that kind of affects the tone in a negative manner as well. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you could get a lot of bad bad stuff going on with there and i mean good luck getting the stuffing out <laughs> once it's in there pulling it back through an f-hole <laughs> that's yeah. a good point yeah <laughs> no i used to i used to stuff my f-holes though i had like these um little strips of black foam that i cut out of like i don't know some extra piece from a from a, a road case mm -hmm. and uh yeah i would put those in there to try and stifle it but this you know this is back when i lived in some small ass town and i didn't have access to a luthier to put in the second sound post and <laughs> the only guitar store was like 100 kilometers away and they only sold cables and picks <laughs> where was where, where was that i was in jasper oh in jasper shit that that's point. right yeah because yeah, when my band in winnipeg broke up um i fucked off to the mountains to just sort of sort myself out and figure out what I wanted to do, and then isn't after that a weird thing? There, yeah, for sure. No, for but sure. I mean, like after, after, people head for the hills when their life, you know, when there's a big change or something, you know, we always head to the hills. Yeah, I think I was running from it, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it served me well because it gave me a chance to like, you know, learn to play the upright bass, and that's where I started performing with it. I played in like a like a sort of country-ish, rockabilly-ish band for a little bit. And then I played in like a more of a, a Reverend Horton Heat style kind of band after that. And, uh, you know, d doing that and getting the experience from that is what led to me getting my job with the brain. So, well, I was going to ask, how did, how, did, how, did, how did that all happen? Because like, first of all, you, you've been in the brains for quite a while. And I mean, you guys are a well-oiled machine and all that, you know, but how, how did you hook up with uh, Renee and... Uh, and crew so i was uh i was playing in a band called sam hate and the jackals uh when we were in jasper and um we got contacted about a gig in edmonton which is like uh two three hours from there and um and uh yeah it was a gig opening for the brains so uh so we did it and everything it great show had a lot of fun great turnout great venue that doesn't exist anymore uh called yeah man City. and um and yeah after the show renee was just drunk as piss <laughs> he came up to me and he's like hey i like you man if something ever happens i need a bass i gotta call you buddy. Yeah. i can totally picture that because <laughs> we've all been there you know together. yeah 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 he was he was a 10 out of 10 edmonton drunk <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so I Sam, took it with but, a grain of salt and I was like, yeah, okay, we'll see. But yeah, he called me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a long way away though. I mean, Renee is in Montreal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, when the time came, um, he told me like, this is what I want to do. He wanted to do a little bit of recording and then do uh, two shows in Ontario. And I, I think there was a show in Montreal too. I can't remember though. It's so long ago. Um, and uh, I was very incredulous. I was like, okay, like, who's paying for my gas to come out there? Like, are these shows real? What's going on? And I was like, put Stomp on the phone. <laughs> I talked I talked to, uh, I think I talked to Matt. And Matt was like, yeah, okay, we'll throw you uh, this many dollars for, for gas and expenses to get down here and do it. And I was like, okay. And so I 
called my boss and I called my my girlfriend at the time and I was like so this is crazy but I have to leave this afternoon if I'm gonna make it in time to rehearse for this show that's like next week <laughs> love so I it just, I, I threw it all in the van and I drove across the country it took me like three days <laughs> <laughs> that, that's crazy you know it's funny some of those spontaneous life-changing moments you know what I mean like th- those are all the best like you know guys mm-hmm. like you it's like i i love you baby i love you every day but i gotta leave your ass anyway you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah for sure you know luckily i was young and dumb enough to do it and mm-hmm. here we are <laughs> well that's the great thing too is about like you know those types of moves w- work really well if it's you're not in a position in your life when you have too many roots all like planted really deep you know yeah exactly you know i think at that point any possession that i gave a damn about was in the back of that van you know so so, you know if i fucked off and never came back it's like uh, burn the rest there's like (laughs) an old oasis cd and like some band tees (laughs) (laughs) that's all i had to my name yeah man did you like just drive it straight non-stop or uh, that's a three-day drive i didn't have I didn't have any money to stay in hotels and stuff. So I just drove as long as I could. And then when I couldn't anymore, I would sleep in a gas station parking lot. Yeah. And then just hit it again, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't get hit by any moose on the loose. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a real it. thing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Especially when driving, driving late in Ontario knows. Fuck man. Yeah. yeah. I, I still think the, the wildest animal I saw, saw out there was actually a lynx right in the fucking like, uh, snowstorm it was just standing on the side of the highway looking out with bulging muscles like it looked like it was on steroids seriously i couldn't believe <laughs> that's what i really retained from it oh yeah and i'm like man that's one cat i would not want to mess with you know they're not the largest but like quick and like it just looked like a killing machine you know no yeah they'll fuck you up man they'll come out of a tree <laughs> and fuck you when you're not even looking <laughs> exactly hope it kisses yeah. me first Mm, I doubt it. <laughs> We're toothy. done raw, baby. <laughs> so you get to Montreal. You're out of your element. I mean, Montreal is you know, still in North America considered an extremely large city. Music scene yeah, is but, wild but and crazy living, and all that. When you're living in Jasper and you pull into Montreal traffic, you're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Turn this rig around. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, going through Toronto. I was like, okay, this is a little hairy. I got to Montreal. I was like, this is anarchy. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can just picture, but like at this point, you don't even have a place to live or stay or anything like no. that, right? No. And it wasn't, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get a full-time job in the band or if I was just doing these couple of shows or whatever, you know, I could turn up and like at the, after the two gigs could, Renee could be like, yeah, you know, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> that, that was drunk talk baby i didn't mean it yeah. i didn't think you'd yeah, be here like, yeah you're, you're a good bass player but i think you're kind of a dick so uh you know, kick rocks jack fucking have to drive back yeah man <laughs> but i mean look at the legacy you guys are you know still building uh together it's quite impressive i mean yeah there is one place it's like I, every time i turn around it's like new album and new tours it's like go yeah you know it's yeah. pretty impressive how, how many Thanks, albums man. did you record with the uh, brains so i've got uh zombie nation drunk not dead um one of my all-time favorite songs by the way thank you uh the cover-up uh out in the dark uh satana tarantula monster within monster within there you go yeah 
Thank you. Shit. <laughs> he had to fuck my head. <laughs> well, because like you know how all like you know the the bands we are on the road all the time. It's like you grab all your buddies' bands' CDs anyway. We had a couple oh, yeah. of those in the album in the event for a while because like our. Uh, our, our, the only thing that works in our van is the CD player, you know. <laughs> yeah, but like mine just died in ours. <laughs> oh no! Sucks. Yeah, Shit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get one of those little transmitter things where you put it on the radio station. But then in some cities, they there's too many radio stations and it keeps cutting out. Yeah, we have one of those aux cable input things, so that, that I think that still works. But the speakers in the backs are fucking blown out. It's terrible. <laughs> you gotta like, yeah, you gotta fade it. You gotta fade it all to the front and turn it up real loud so they can hear it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. But like, uh, now with all those albums you guys recorded, one thing's that you know, I mean, I basically got to know you on the road anyway. But I mean, you guys yeah. toured hardcore. Yeah. Like, like really, I don't know how many tours between albums there, but I mean, you you guys were always on the road there for a bunch of years. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I think the first probably like eight years that I was in the band, it was just nonstop. You know, we were on tour at least six months out of the year. We were in the studio for another month out of the year. Uh, it was gnarly. We were busy, 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 busy. But, you know, again, we were we were young and we could do that all of the time. <laughs> yeah, now, man, young. Well, you know, now it's a little harder. <laughs> now it's a little harder. You know, Renee moved to the States and now he's in Vancouver and um you know i've got a baby on the way and uh, oh shit coronavirus <laughs> coronavirus Fuck, man. is real <laughs> man you know it's so cool like you mentioned you have a baby on the way it's one of the only positive things i can fucking see right now you know <laughs> how are you guys yeah, holding up with but, the whole virus uh oh we're great man we're great we're you know we're lucky to live in canada and to have you know this government bailout CERB checks. Uh, you know that got us that got us through the worst of it. You know, and, uh, but you know, like, yeah, we. What can I say? We were busy making babies, so you know we had a pretty good time. That's <laughs> 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 uh, some good I work if you can get it. <laughs> I, I made the most of it. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Now. Let's get back to touring for a second. You toured sure. Europe a bunch, right? Yeah, a lot. USA Wait, can a I bunch. go pee? Can I go pee and then we can ask this question again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. On the last episode, I was okay. in the bathroom team. I didn't even stop. There was, wasn't Edit. even time. I was pissing. <laughs> I oh go for it, bro. I'll be right back. Yeah, man. All right. <laughs> and we're back. A little higher and a little we're drier. We're back. <laughs> so yeah man like you guys tour a whole bunch like I, I know you go to europe a bunch and you did states a bunch and canada probably other places as well what are the differences like I, or do you do you even notice a difference really like between touring these uh, different countries um i mean this the scenery changes but i think the more you travel the more you realize that uh people aren't so different you know Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there might be the language barrier, but if you get a chance to visit these places multiple times and get to know people, you know, over the course of, you know, many, many tours and everything, I think you find that you, you have a lot more in common with, uh, with people all over the world than you would think. So, um, you know, that's yeah, such I mean, a, that, you know, go it's ahead. such a beautiful thing because like, 
what you just said there is so incredibly true and we tend to forget it a lot you know what i mean like everybody thinks oh everything's so different or them over there or we're the greatest and all this man we're all the same at the end of the day with a couple little differences yeah we're all people Uh, yeah i think it's i think if you don't get a chance to travel as much as you know guys like us and bands do it's uh it's easy to forget that but you know you see all sorts from all over and you realize uh, you know we're all we're all in this together and we're not so different it's funny I was talking about ever since the weed is legal in Canada and stuff you know like Amsterdam it was always such a big thing and yes we love <laughs> yeah, <baby. laughs> I mean yeah, yeah well you peed I got a little toke on there but uh, you know Amsterdam used to be such a special place because weed was legal there and everything else to do with it too I mean Amsterdam still is a special place but like it's when I realized like Montreal should really just be like Amsterdam, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it almost it, is. I think it almost is, you know? We're like, I think the sex industry here is not as explicit, but I mean, it's uh, certainly uh, on par with what they've got going on over there. That's I it. Think, Everyone I think we're just missing the li- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I think the only thing we're missing is like the legalized mushrooms, but uh, it sounds like that's in the works so we'll see you mean they're not legal here no (laughs) that's so stupid all all my buddies are doing mushrooms all the time these days (laughs) yeah well our buddies do a lot of things that aren't necessarily uh kip kip uh, (laughs) well that's it eh? (laughs) that's funny um you know that whole thing like about mushrooms you know how they i was just uh, thinking about this because somebody was talking about the other day but about how it's a reset um you know, and for people that might suffer depression or, or depressive moments and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't, I do believe in the power of laughter. And I do think that every single time I've done mushrooms, the next day, my freaking jaw hurts from laughing so much. So, hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. No, I mean, like, you hear about all this interesting research that they're they're doing on the use of uh, you know mushrooms and uh, ketamine for people with PTSD, depression, uh, anxiety. I didn't hear about the ketamine thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places that are doing um, medicinal ketamine treatments. They basically they basically like blast you to the moon with with ketamine. And it's supposed to sort of like reset you if you're if you're dealing with some like hardcore trauma. Oh shit, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Man, the only time I ever did ketamine, it was by accident, and oh, yeah. it was late at night. And I ended up, I, I was trying to get home or something, but I ended up getting lost in some garden somewhere out close to the the big O or something. I'll never forget this. And I, I call my friend. I'm like man, I'm totally lost right now. I, I, need a, I need a hand, you know? And my friend was, had the smartest intervention. She said, can you see a sidewalk? And I kind of look around, finally I spotted the sidewalk, which wasn't actually that far. I'm talking about three steps away, but it took me a while to find it anyway. And so I, fi- I find the sidewalk. Then she tells me, walk on the sidewalk until you get to a cross street and stop there. So I do that and I, I finally make it. And then she goes, look up at the street signs. And I do. She goes, what is it? And I, I finally am able to read them. And then she goes, oh, that's perfect. Don't move because the taxi's on the way right there now to get you. And no I'm like, way. That's a friend. <laughs> you got saved. You, save. <laughs> yeah, you would have totally slept in a bush. <laughs> so much. So much, man. <laughs> oh, my and, God. 
you know, especially when you're a little younger and a little dumber, <laughs> you know, you're waking up on Bishop Street, hugging one of those street trees beside a parking meter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that that ever happened or anything, but it could, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hypothetically, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But man, I, I'm missing the roads so much right now. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I miss I what miss was playing one of your favorite shows. bands to Well, right? I mean, it's such a huge yeah. part of your life. It's <laughs> yeah. if you didn't, you'd have to ask yourself some pretty serious questions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What was one of your favorite bands that you ever toured with? Uh, you guys. Oh, <laughs> baby. I, I still think I still think one of the most fun tours we ever did was that one where we were racing in the Rockies. Oh, but, uh, but I, I, I've, I've had the pleasure of touring with a lot of uh, really talented and fun bands over the years, you know, mm-hmm. from like, you know, from, you know, local guys like us and to, you know, having the chance to do so many tours with the Reverend Horton Heat and Necromantics was just mind blowing. Um, you know, we got to do one bus tour in our career, and that was with uh, the Rev over in Europe. And that was, you know, that I'm was a, just I'm a huge all, fan. All I love him. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, would love, I would love to get him. Right? I, I know, man. Bells of cocaine, right? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Mm-hmm. We once did a reggae version of that song. Mm. <laughs> with Cayman or before? No, with Cayman. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I always find that's a great way to, uh, you know, just as a song writing point of view, if you take a well-written song, it can be played in any style, you know, and that, that's yeah. a good example of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, that's wild. You guys did that tour because I remember you talking about the Avatar. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably our biggest tour that we ever did and that was um i i it was like two months <laughs> across the uh usa and uh and parts of canada and that was nuts that was that was truly crazy those guys those guys had buses and semi trucks and cube trucks full of merch and stuff and you know we pulled up at the first gig um and we roll up to this huge venue, like massive venue. This is like a 2000 seater venue. And, uh, you know, they say, all right, uh, who the fuck are you? We're like, uh, we're the, we're the direct support act. And they're like, okay, pull over between those two buses. The openers had a bus. We were in a little fucking shitty van, not even a trailer. <laughs> we're all stacked in there. Like, sorry. so we pull in between these two buses and we're like, oh, okay. All right. Ego check. All right. And then, uh, you know, I open the back door, I pull out my bass and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go take this inside. And uh, I walk in and we go in through the side door, which which takes you just right in front of the stage, basically. And uh, and as I walk in, there's like an explosion, confetti flying and like these flags drop from like these automated like flag dropper robot things they have on, on the rating system the way and it should the, be when you walk in yeah and then and then like the guitarist is like wearing this crazy like king costume and he rises up out of this metal structure on the stage and i like i'm looking at this and i was like oh no <laughs> what what are we doing <laughs> 
I ran to the bathroom. I immediately had diarrhea and threw up at the same time. Because, <laughs> like, we had no stage effects. We had, like, we had an iPad with an intro thing on it. <laughs> and, you know, we, just, we see these guys. We got fucking pyro. And they got a, they got a, a set on stage. They got mechanical things and automated things and fucking... You know, they got a huge crew and all this, all these toys and stuff. I was just like, man, we are going to look like children selling lemonade up there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we are the lemonade stand. These guys are Costco. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Then the, you spoke of the uh, guitar player from Avatar. I listened to your last album and I remember when the song came on. And there was this crazy guitar solo. Now, you know, we've done over 30 shows together and stuff like that. So I have a very good idea how Rene plays his guitar solos and his sound and all that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, but wait a minute. <laughs> I, I'm like, what the hell just happened? What was that? And then you told me, like, what, what's the dude's name? His name's Tim. Man, he did that solo. It was like immediately I turned around. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty I wild. So, I was so stoked. Rene, like, just sent him a message on uh on messenger and he's like hey uh you want to do a a solo on our next album he's like okay <laughs> we're like oh shit sweet <laughs> and then he sent it he sent it to us and uh, i i think renee was in front of his laptop with his headphones on you just see his his eyes light up and get, get a little wider and he was like oh boy <laughs> and he, he you know he threw it he he threw it into the song and then he put it on. He put it on the speakers, and me and Guillaume were just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. But I mean, like, I, I can imagine that feeling. You, you know, like I, I do think not every band needs a large, you know, backdrop effects or stage thing. But I mean, it's something too. You know, people are paying to see the show. They got the yeah. show on that tour, you know? Yeah. It's like you're mentioning Reverend Horton. He, he's huge in some parts. It's a different type thing. His, you know, his stage show is pretty bare bones and that works and stuff like that. But I got to admit, every once in a while there, I'm a fan of the big show, you know? No, yeah. And I, th you know, like you say, certain, certain, certain bands, it would be, you know, it might be even weird to have something like that. You know, like if you're a country band and like you have like, you know this big elaborate set and costume changes and confetti cannons and bubble machines and all this stuff people will be like well what's going on up there what's all what's all this rapid <laughs> you know but you know if you're in like an epic metal band then yeah go crazy you know like iron maiden right there behind you you know they got eddie coming out on stage and all kinds of sick stuff and he's jumping off of like two stories of Marshall stacks and stuff. But, you know, I, I have. I think I they probably say, wrote the book on the big metal show, right? <laughs> oh man, those those the, the metal guys from that era were just like, you know, they they could do whatever they wanted. You know, Ozzy Osbourne is like, you know, That's I want, right. yeah. I want this, and they're like, okay, how big? He's like, as big as it can be. They're like, okay, <laughs> and uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Judas Priest wants uh, who was it? Who was it that had the bomber jet on stage? It was Motorhead. Oh, it was Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah, Motorhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a they which had a Iron Maiden on the last one. They they got a uh, what is it? 
um, a Spitfire on stage too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. all you got Rob Halford driving onto the stage in a motorcycle. It's just like fucking go for <laughs> it, man. I hope I hope one day I can experience that kind of uh, you know frivolous disregard for money and just being like just fucking where we sold ten thousand tickets tonight. Just fucking I want. I want a fire yeah, truck. <laughs> I want a fire truck, and I wanted to shoot champagne out of the out of the hose arm on the whole crowd. That sounds brilliant. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just go, just go wild. I yeah, man. That, that, <laughs> I can dream big, man. I can dream big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, you know, because like I, I find like even in those big shows, they kind of recycle the same ideas. You know, you know, you know, everything is either big or small. I've seen it a few times where, for some reason, they like to hire a small person slash midget as a bartender, let's say, or to bring them lines of cocaine on stage or whiskey or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you dress them in black and you can hide them behind any uh, any equipment on the stage. <laughs> That's it. You just, you, yeah, yeah, you lean back to like check your cable and there's, a, there's an LP behind your cabinet like, here you go. Take them up. <laughs> man it's funny it just reminds me of shorty out in germany <laughs> shorty productions one of the coolest raddest dudes ever he's a short person we didn't even know like he was a short person we just know that you know the promoter was called shorty production so this uh short person uh, comes up all pierced hair dyed with an extremely large and lovable woman at his side you know and he comes up to us and goes out fuck machine fuck machine tonight you want fuck machine on stage hey fuck machine I look at Frank and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but then we figured out later what he really was saying, but it was just his accent was so heavy. He was talking about a fog machine, you know? Oh my but for God. a moment we got scared. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I know, right? <laughs> Ever hear Rock Bitch? The Rock Bitch? No. Yeah. Rock Bitch is famous. You should look it up. They're talented ladies and one dude in the band, okay? They live in a castle in Europe, and they okay. they're they're literally talented musicians, good vocalists, like they're good sounding. But they have a sex slave on stage. Dom tried to bring them to Canada. They uh, got uh, turned away at the border of coming into Canada, which is kind of crazy. Just a story, but I mean, they're they they got a girl peeing on the fans, and their big hit single was called Fist Fuck. And I remember there was a breakdown in the middle and she goes, can she take one finger, then two fingers and three and so on and so on until the big chorus shows up. She's like, she likes to fist fuck, yeah, up to the wrist. And all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, man? Stage shows is this, you know? It was yeah. wild. I'm sure they showed up at the border and the guy was like, oh, you're in a band? Cool, what's the name of the band? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> clickety, 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 click. <laughs> Oh no, no, oh no, oh no. All right, you're going home, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like, why? Um, what happened? He's like, I Googled you. You're out of here. <laughs> Stupid internet. <laughs> the yeah, internet is we were... responsible for so many bands getting turned away at borders. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. I mean, we always try and play it. Well, we don't try and play it straight. We do play it straight and we get our work permits. But like one time we were crossing the border to the States and uh, I, I, um, I had I'd forgotten some paperwork in the van and I had to go back out and get it. It was, it was something to do with our work permits or our tour routing or something. They wanted to know, you know, all the cities we were going to. And so I, I was like, oh man, I, like I left it in the van. Um, 
can I go and get it? He's like, yeah, okay. If the guy, if the guy outside watching the van asked, just say, you know, constable, whatever said, you could, you could do it. And I, I said, okay. So I went out to the van and the guy comes out of his little guard thing. He's like, oh, whoa, 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 what are you doing out here? What are you doing? I was like, oh, I need to get something from the van. Uh, constable, whatever said I could do it. He was like, oh yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, yes, sir. He was like, so, uh, what you just, you just take what you want. I was like, uh, no, I just need the paperwork from the van. He said I could go get it. He needs it for the thing inside. Oh, yeah. So you take what you want, huh? huh? <laughs> I was like, I was you like, got Googled. Yeah. I was like, excuse me. He like points back to his shack. He's like, I Googled you guys. I watched your music video. Good stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't do that, man. <laughs> it's funny the whole good cop, bad cop thing, man. We had a horrible experience at the border. O'Connell. And um, but yet there's another guy that Keep I that won't out. <laughs> Oh, there's a song coming, brother. <laughs> uh, I've never oh, yeah. met. I've never met the man. I'm sure he's a decent and honest man. And does a good job at the border. So if ever we cross, <laughs> we meet this Mr. O'Connell. Cheers to you, sir. Good, good job out there. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking intense, man, at the border. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's always the good ones that, like, you know, there's a the other quieter uh, dude, and he's like. Oh, you guys are in a band. That's pretty cool. And you could even hear them go by. I mean, they ain't doing nothing. As they're talking to the other guy, the other guy's still like stone face, you know, just fucking going off on you, yelling at you for no reason and being holier than thou. It drives me absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's got to be like some guy in there and like somewhere along the road in his marriage, he found out his wife sucked off Nikki Six and now he's got it out for <laughs> rock bands. It's all Nikki Six's fault. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, one time in 1989 in Detroit Rock City, I sucked off Nikki Six. You what? <laughs> Man. <No. laughs> um, back to music for a second. Now you're doing all this, uh, you know, these shows and stuff. What was the first big band you ever opened up for? Do you remember? Do I remember? Um, you know, it's your first yeah, time, yes, big yeah. venue. Yeah. So first, I mean, in my world, first time I ever opened up uh, for a big band was uh, Guanabats. And that was in Edmonton. Guanabats are like OG psychobilly from the UK. Um, you know, one of the easily the top 10 psychobilly bands in the world. So for me, that was that was huge. You know, uh, but yeah, it's still like a, a seven, eight hundred cap venue. But for me, that was huge, huge, huge starting That's out. I don't big, know. Yeah. I don't know. After that, um, I, I don't know. It might have been Reverend Horton Heat or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That's wow. So long ago. Now, you're the type of dude that can never be too busy and stuff. You went and joined another, a second band as well. You're now playing with the Hypnophonics. Yeah, man. Yeah. What are you guys up to? Uh, so we're going to be shooting a video actually this month. Um, it's going to be cold, but we're going <laughs> to, it's going to be cool. And uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah. Just doing that. We might have a photo shoot with those boys. We put out uh, our EP on Diablo records. And uh, I guess next up is a full length album. We'll, we'll see. I got to pee. Yeah, again. man. <laughs> I got to pee. Again. <laughs>
I think Colin's drinking a bit there tonight. Run to the bathroom every five seconds. Normally, that's me. <laughs> no, that's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it was funny. Like, literally, <laughs> you know, Dom Castelli, he messaged me after the last podcast I did. I had um, Bloodshot Bill was on it. And I had to take a leak, but you can't, you know, stop the show or anything. He's messing me. He's like, what the hell, dude? You're taking a leak in the middle of the show. I'm like, hey, anything goes around here, you know? <laughs> I just got today a, an email message from YouTube, the company, who said that uh, the podcast was not child-friendly, and now there's an age limit on it. So I'd like everybody out there to know that you have to be 18 years old or older to watch this podcast. And if not, you'll probably end up in uh, Satan's butthole or something like that, because now there is an age limit on the podcast. It's official. <laughs> really? How does that work? You just set that oh, up no, on I just, Yeah, yeah I, no, I, I just got an email from YouTube. Uh, so I was just telling the people while you're out there taking a piss. And uh, it, it said, we saw an episode, it was the one with Danny Rebel on it. And then uh, it uh, led them to check out the channel and they deemed that it's uh, 18 and over now. Oh, were you and Danny smoking jazz cigarettes? Not even, not even. I don't know why like it even mentioned that episode. I, I was tame on that one. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it's official. <laughs> and no kitties allowed. You gotta, you gotta change it to uh, K Man After Dark. <laughs> That's right. You can do your, you can do your eighteen. You can do eighteen plus shows on that one. <laughs> That's wild. Hey, uh, speaking of YouTube and stuff like that, and speaking to you, you have a new project coming on. You got your new channel, man. I saw a couple of the episodes. Fantastic! Congratulations, brother. YouTube.com. Hey, yeah, man. What, what's it called? Calling the Sorry. dead. Yeah, youtube.com slash calling the dead. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, I just started it up uh, maybe two and a half weeks ago. I've got five, la, 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 five videos up there now, another one going up on Friday. And it's a lot of stuff about uh, upright bass mostly. And uh, what I've been doing, I started off doing a couple of like IGTV videos and uh, saw like kind of surprising amount of interest uh you know i didn't expect people wanted to see a guy diddle his bass all by himself at home but uh <laughs> they wanted to so then i said well you know i might as well like do a higher quality version of this and um, make it actually like sound good and so uh you know Facebook and, and Instagram just compressed the hell out of the video and the sound. So I said, well, I'll put it up on YouTube. And it's just sort of been a trial by fire, you know, learning as I go and figuring out um, audio mixing and, uh, and video editing and all that stuff. But it's been a lot of fun. I just did a collaboration video with uh, some buddies um, from a band in the UK called Red Hot Riot. And we did a cover of a necromantic song called uh, Gargles Over Copenhagen. And... Uh, <laughs> That, that you know that was like uh that was a real challenge you know i'm i'm not a studio engineer like uh, mr de la muerte so you know mixing guitar drums and bass together was a new thing for me i had a lot of fun doing it and uh i i used like iMovie to uh to do my video editing and i was like okay this will be easy you, you know you drag in one video you drag in and then i had the guitar video and then the drum video and then I realized really quickly that you can only put two videos in there. So I had to edit together the bass and the guitar because I figured those would be the hardest. 
and then save that as a file and then open a new one with those two already edited together and then add the drum file on top and then intersperse him. And it was... Man, that's just like four track recording back in the day, man. Yeah, it was bouncing tracks. It was gnarly, man. It was totally gnarly, (laughs) but I loved it. Yeah, that's really cool. I I saw a couple of episodes, like I said, and I'm not surprised that you got interested quickly. I mean, I don't think there's probably many people out there really, you know, talking about the upright bass in rock and roll context in big yeah. show context and getting down some of the nitty gritty in that, you know, and I think yeah. it, it probably interests a lot of people. And that's, that's you hit it right on the head, man. You know, the, the, the double bass stuff that's out there is either very specifically for like jazz or orchestral or, you know, whatever, or it's very, very general. And there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that was covering uh, psychobilly and rockabilly specifically um, and especially not a lot of the topics that I'm talking about like wh- what kind of gear do you need to be using to like get rid of feedback or what kind of you know okay you bought this pickup how the fuck do you put it on your bass and make it sound like something you know it's not like a not like we, you go to the guitar store you buy a Fender Tele and you plug it in and it works you know, the double bass is a little more hands-on, a little trickier than that. It's like, okay, I got all these pieces. How do I marry them together and make this fucking thing sound yeah, like man. something half decent? Well, it's funny because, like, you know, every time I've seen uh, somebody on double bass in, like, a Psycho Billy band, because, like, you know, we have a lot of friends in that genre and stuff, it's funny, you know, I always find they look kind of fragile, especially when I see the bridge and stuff. But then yeah. I see that the way that, you know, people are using them on stage as well, which is totally contradictory because like for some reason, I've seen you play fucking like said, like we've done over 30 shows together. I've seen you outside of that as well. I've seen you hold the double bass over your head while playing behind your back, standing on it, another bandmate standing on it, twirling yeah. it around, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. But yet you look at the bridge on that thing. I keep thinking it's going to fall apart right there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, that has happened, but uh, I got a, I got this, newfangled kind of a bridge it's called a deuce bridge and one of the feet is like this and the other one is like the traditional style like this so it can't rock back and forth and tip over on you right a lot more stable so you know if you bump into a rogue guitarist who's spinning around with his eyes closed and (laughs) hey we never do that (laughs) (laughs) you know your your uh your bridge won't go like flying off to stage right or something like that (laughs) yeah man um hey uh, it's big special day today it's the usa elections right yeah that's right that's right okay without judgment or uh you know any bias at all just who do you think is gonna win um it pains me to say it but uh, donald trump (laughs) yeah yeah because you know like sometimes we get together and watch usc and stuff like that and we kind of you know do little one dollar bets and stuff like that but yeah, uh yeah, yeah so, so, so you're saying trump i'll say biden and we do it for uh five bucks five bucks sounds good virtual handshake yeah <laughs> man it's amazing what i'll do for five bucks <laughs> a bottle of baby duck <laughs> i haven't been paying attention to the elections at all like yeah I, i'm all. tuned out now i'm tired yeah. of it so so you know like i don't know who's ahead in the polls i i just think that uh I just think that the orange man is going to take it again. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, I, I could see it happening as well. Or mm -hmm. like, I, I think it's an interesting time. I mean, it's all so surreal because let's say he doesn't win. I'm wondering mm -hmm. about the reaction because his followers, his hardcore followers are, they're looking a little psycho these days, man. Like, you know, running, trying to run the, uh, the Democrat bus off the road or blocking people from getting places, surrounding people on highways and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. pretty intense, man. You know, and I mm -hmm. think I even heard him say that he might not really want to leave office even if he loses. Oh, yeah, that's not legal, though. So some men in jackboots will come in and fucking hoist him up by his oversized belt loops and give him the old heave-ho. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, what's he going to do? He's already pissed that, off the it. CIA. You can't, just, there, you can't just hole up in there with a bunch of McDonald's and say, I'm not leaving. <laughs> the one thing I will give him credit for is his consistency in being inconsistent and pissing off everybody at one point. You know, whether it's somebody with a disability, whether it's different races, whether it's different countries or whatever. He is pretty yeah. consistent in that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, think, I think he's more he's more complicated than people give him credit for. Cause I think that despite all of his shouting and uh, boisterous activity on uh, social media and stuff like that, I think that, I think that he's got some stuff going on behind the scenes and we don't see every side of this guy, you know, well, I'm sure he has a big team. That's for sure. And he's, you know, he's just a sneaky stuff. You know, he's having these little <laughs> meetings with North Korea. He's, talking to Putin he was doing this and that the other thing it's like uh, I just keep expecting kind of like Futurama shady. I, I always expect Melania to just turn around when when at some point and kind of unzip herself you know and then she's really an alien inside or something like that <laughs> <laughs> my brain you know <laughs> I, I honestly I honestly expect like at the end of the you know counting the votes and everything uh, Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden are both standing up there and they both unzip and it's Kang and Kodo from uh, from <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know what? That's probably, you know, as far as like the unrealness of life in 2020, you know, why not, man? Everything else is happening. It's fucking oh, yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's It's so surreal. Like I never thought, you know, First of all, being Canadian and, and like you realize how important American politics are because they do touch the, you know, the global world and all this. But it's also the publicity of it. You know, what I mean, it's like the biggest TV show in the world right now is, you know, the U.S. politics. You know, it's just it's unbelievable. It's, sometimes it just seems so unreal that, you know, in 2020, some of the shit that they're saying, it's crazy. And the blatant, yeah. like, you know, we're the best, everybody else's shit, or putting down others, uh, you know, pe putting down people that are weaker than you and all this kind of thing. It's just fucking unreal, man. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird time. It's a really weird time to be alive. It seems so surreal. It's like, what, what yeah. the fuck is going on right now? And whatever happened to the murder hornets? Oh, man, thank God that didn't pan out. I was really scared for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, actually, it's funny because they just uh, took some kind of crazy uh, shop vac or something, and they found a nest of them. And they oh, vacuumed them all up. And they found a couple of queens in it, right? And oh, so it's coming that. back in the news. <laughs> it's it fire. Nice, man. 
Mm -hmm. Big burning fires. Hey, brother. It's uh, uh, pretty much time because one thing on when I do these Zoom podcasts, it's a limited uh, storage space that I have okay. uh, on them. So I just want to thank you for hanging out with me today. We're going to talk tomorrow and see who hands who five bucks. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. And we'll have to get together for a UFC uh, match soon. Yeah. Yeah. There's some heaters coming up, man. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, Khabib, is he going to come back for 30 or no? Or is, it is he really calling it quits? Uh, I don't know. All I can tell you is that my dick is real hard hoping that he fights GSP. <laughs> Fuck, right? The, the fight of the century. Absolutely. The dream of all dreams. I want to see, I want to see, uh, I want to see one big night event where nobody's fighting for the belt. Like, um, have, uh, John Jones at his heavyweight debut versus, um, Brock Lesnar. No, oh, Brock Lesnar. I want a circus. I want a circus show, man. <laughs> I want GSP and Khabib, and I want uh, Connor uh, versus Tony Ferguson. That's my wet dream. Yeah, that, that fight has to happen. <laughs> but who? But who do you? Who does Gaethje get? Oh, Gaethje gets a bag of popcorn. And he just gets to watch the watch the show and uh, like polish his belt. <laughs> or Masvidal. Or Masvidal. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that. I I don't know. It seems like the logical choice right now. Now that would be a lineup for an event. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to have like an unlimited well of money to pay all these guys to do that. <laughs> you know what they're not that far away from having that unlimited well of money that's for sure i mean yeah, it's, it's crazy over there in abu dhabi well that's it and during the pandemic they are busting every record because they're the only sport really going right yeah it's the only game in town yeah yeah they, they made a smart move man in making it happen and realizing that they could capitalize on this and they did it so well you know oh absolutely. Like, i like I, I like it better because you you don't hear all those fucking rick flair wannabes in the crowd going <laughs> now, now you just hear like you know and, and you like can hear the corner meat talk on bone yeah meat on bone and like fucking get up <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i prefer it without the crowd yeah, yeah i really do you know, like the same, like hearing the corners like talk clearly, or even hearing the announcers, but like, you know, when it's not from the announcer mic, when it's from the ring mic, you know, because I mean? they're right there. Uh, Daniel Cormier was saying that, you know, he has to watch some of the things he says because the fighters are hearing it, you know, so if he's yeah. like, oh, he should do this, well, he's actually affecting the fight. Or it's like, oh, his opponent is wobbled right now. The guy's like, oh, what did you say? All right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? That's <laughs> no, pretty crazy times. Listen, give all my love to your lady. All right. I'm so happy for you guys. I can't wait to meet the little one. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl yet? Yeah, it's a girl. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah things are going to get wild, brother. Remember what oh, they I'm say excited. when you have a boy, you got to keep an eye on him. When you have a girl, you got to keep an eye on all the girls, all the boys. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't worry, I gotta go ahead and get me a shotgun. <laughs> when I had my daughter, I wrote a song called Daddy Got a Shotgun. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, love you, brother. I'll talk to you real soon. Love you man. Too. Take care, brother. Right, peace out. All right, peace out. Stay safe. Yeah, brother. Boom! 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 Boom!